Morning, everybody. Got that little windscreen thing on here. I feel like I'm screaming into it. Need a replacement. All right. So it looks like everybody must be staying home for the superb owl already. So. All right. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. Uh, God, we're grateful to have this place to gather this morning. God, to receive from you, to worship you. Um, God, uh, what we want today is to just have you plant your word on our hearts. And God, you, you said that you would plant it in us. You said that you'd water it, that it would grow, and, and uh, that your word would not return to you void. But it would accomplish what you sent it to do, God, and that's what we're uh, confident in this morning. Asking you to do those things, trusting you to do those things in us. So, God, I just pray that in all of us, God, that you would uh, break up any any hardness uh, in us, God, that would cause your word to not be able to take root in us. And, you know, we just we want our hearts tender before you, our eyes focused on you, God, help us to put. Everything else out of our minds, God, and, and focus on, on what you have to say. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's go to the book of James. It's nice to be back. I had a good time in Florida. Everybody was like, hey, you look tan- more tan. And I literally went outside for probably a total of 20 minutes the whole time I was there. So, went to this conference in a hotel, and of course our room was in the hotel. I wouldn't have gone outside at all probably, except for that it's like a resort with like multiple buildings, and our room was in a different building than where the conference was. Um, So yeah, it it was nice though, like going out on the balcony, it was like sunny and 75, and we come back on Sunday and it's like foggy and 34. It's like, ah, dear old mucky Kansas, here we are. So we were looking at the average temperature range of southwest Florida and we were like, why on earth are we in Kansas? It's like a 50 degree swing in either direction. You know, we're like telling the, our Uber driver, it's like, yeah, it gets below zero and above 100 in Kansas. Yeah. And he's just like, Shh, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, it's usually like, you know, sunny and 75, like every day, almost never rains. Like, whatever. Wrong place. But anyway, it's nice to be back. Something about going out of town that just sort of leaves you feeling like a raisin inside, kind of feel all dried up and shriveled and crusty and like glad to get back to church. Came back to church on Wednesday evening like, ah, so nice to be back. So, now that more of the Ottawa people are here, we can get started. You know, it's funny. I've been here for a long time, and I just keep moving further and further away from the church. I I hope to not move any further than Ottawa. So, um, I just seem to keep going south. Anyway, so in James chapter 5... Uh, that's where I'm going to start. Um, you know, they say I, read, I heard somewhere once 
that all of the worst speeches start with Webster's Dictionary defines blank as. So Webster's Dictionary defines patience as the capacity to tolerate trouble or delay or suffering without becoming angry or upset. So that I read that yesterday. Uh, I was reading this passage, and it's like, I'm, obviously, I know what patience is, but I thought it would be interesting to see what the dictionary says about it. Uh, sometimes you can really, we, we use words wrong all the time, and they're always, the meanings are always being stretched and warped and changed, and or even things that were once nouns become verbs, and so, you know, our language is becoming increasingly incomprehensible, so... Sometimes it's really interesting to go back to the dictionary and just find out what a word actually is supposed to be. Now, if you've never heard Mark Rutland talk about how um, somebody told him he was a bad preacher and then somebody else told him he was the Mac Daddy and he was trying to figure out what on earth that meant, then you should hear that sometime. It's hilarious. So I just I was thinking about this passage all week. Um, just sort of popped in there, as as happens sometimes. Um, and I was thinking about patience. I am not a patient person. Cynthia thinks I am. Mike knows better. Um, <laughs> when you spend a lot of time with somebody, especially over 30 plus years, they get to know you quite well. But uh, uh, so he says here in James. To be patient, therefore, brethren, in verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. And I didn't look up this word coming, but I would not be surprised if this is one of those words that talks about removing the cover. A lot of the places that you, you see in the New Testament where it talks about the coming of the Lord, it talks about this, um, it's the same word it uses for revelation. It's like to remove the covering from something. Like if you've got, um, you know, if you're playing a, a three-card Monty with somebody or whatever, and, you know, it's like you flip over the cards. Like you've re- removed the cover and revealed what's there. So it's interesting because uh, in, in, the, in the United States especially, I think we have this, this very... Um, end of the world, eminent sort of view of of Christianity, like everything is getting ready to come to an abrupt screeching halt any minute now. And uh, um, I, I saw a book in a Christian book catalog once that said, he's going to toot and I'm going to scoot. And I thought, are you serious? That's what the United States thinks. That's like, that's what the church thinks. And so we do nothing. With uh, we, we figure we're just kind of twiddling our thumbs until that happens. So, um, uh, but he says, be patient unto the coming of the Lord. So, um, regardless of what circumstance you might be in, uh, there, there, we go through these places where I wish I could see him. It's like, and that's what Job said. It's like, I wish I could see him. I, I wish I understood what is going on, and we all go through those places in life, whether it be something that's really troubling or really difficult or or just nothing in particular that we could put our finger in is really wrong. We just are sort of going through life sort of 
you're looking around, it's like I, I I'm sure he's here somewhere, you know. And 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 we're we're trained to, you know, to well, it's like, well, I I know that um, I know he's right there always, and he is. But um, but uh, it's it's easy to, you know, God takes us through places I should say, where we don't see him, and we and we wish we figure out where he was at. It, just like Job said, I wish I could just have him talk to me. And, you know, uh, Mike and I have often talked that I wish we could have like a little app. It's like you just open up the app on your phone and Ron's head's right there and you could ask him questions. You know, it's like um, we wish that we had that with the Lord. And we do. That's because we can we can ask him. Uh, we can ask him and, and God, of course, talk to us. But we do go through places where we're just waiting you know, I, I, uh, Zoe had this like a uh, dental surgery on Friday morning, which went fine. Um, but we spent about three or four hours in the waiting room, and there's nothing fun about sitting in the waiting room. Um, and it's funny because you know the the advent of smart devices has made the waiting room far more tolerable, I suppose, but. Um, it has also reduced people's capacity to be patient. It's like um, uh, if you tell the kids that we're going grocery shopping, they're like, can't somebody watch us? It's like, can't we go somewhere else while you go grocery shopping? When I was a kid, it was, I was, you know, we went grocery shopping. My parents are very ordered Germanic type people. It's like you go grocery shopping every Saturday we leave at this time every Saturday. This is how this works. Or every other Saturday, this is how we do this. I looked forward to it because I got out of the house and went and, uh, you know, of course, back in those days, probably wasn't, even then wasn't the wisest thing, but, like, we peeled off, like, the Blue Angels when we hit the store. It's like I went to the toy section or to the books or something like that, and then they would do the shopping, and then we would find each other at some point. And my... Mother was so glad that I liked to read, and she's such a softie that she couldn't bear to tell me no if I asked her for a book. So I love going shopping. But um, uh, and it's funny, I've seen this in in my children, uh, and I'm I'm sure you've seen this as well. It's like, what am I supposed to do if I have like, I have two hours of just sitting you know, it's like their their time has run out on their on their phone. They can't use it anymore today. They're like, "What am I going to do?" You know, it's like, "Welcome to life before smartphones." It's like I remember going to the waiting room uh, when I was a kid. You'd go to the doctor or whatever. It's like I brought a book, and uh, I felt kind of kind of funny traveling. It's like obviously I had my phone with me, but uh, we checked our bags. I'm just like walking around the airport holding a book. And it's like I was the only person that I saw who was carrying a book. So, so that's my rant about patience. Um, I, as I said, I'm not a patient person typically. But um, the funny thing about patience is it's like a muscle. I was telling my kids about this yesterday. So, really, really brief biology lesson when you. Uh, if you use muscles that you're not used to using, like you've, you've all done something, like went out and raked leaves, and then the next morning you felt like the tin man. And um, uh, 
what you've actually done is damaged those muscles. You've created these little micro tears in the fibers of your muscles. And um, the way that your body responds to that is by rebuilding them, and that's how they grow. Is they, they, they build back stronger if you keep that up over time. And so <clears throat> patience is like that. And if you've ever had uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, then you know how much fun that is to have your muscles recover from that. And patience is kind of like that. Because there's the day after, and then there's the day after the day after, and that's the worst day by far. Um, I I did this thing that I thought I would be fine doing, this this workout that I thought would be fine, and the next day I really seriously was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't move. And I had got up and hobbled to work. Um, So we go through things in life that, we feel like that. I can't tolerate this. I can't deal with this for very long. Um, and the great thing is, is God has an awful lot of patience, and and he's and he's a good dad, and he loves to train you with it. It's like so, he's like, oh, this will be fine. This will be fine. Just just sit tight. And uh, and so we 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 learn to to sit tight and. Uh, um, and it's it's not always fun, of course, but um, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of the statement, "I want patience and I want it now." <laughs> so, um, so he says, "Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. For behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it until he received early in the latter rain." You know, that's a great example of of being patient. You plant something and you have to wait for it to come up. It's not going to just come up tomorrow. We're, we're a very instant download, microwave, drive-through society. That it's like, I want everything now. And uh, one of the things that Mike and I learned in business was the things that you do now are probably not really going to show any appreciable results for a few months yet. And so if you uh, if you want to see something happen in the wintertime, you probably need to be thinking about it in the late summer, early fall. And uh, um, so patience then is, is, is just like that. So he says, Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. For behold, the judge stands before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. So that's another really great example. So take the prophets as an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Um, the the first prophet that really comes to mind to me would be Jeremiah because it's it's frustrating when you have um, a message for somebody and they don't receive it it's it's frustrating when you know the right answer to something and you try and tell people what the right answer is and they and they won't hear it um we were driving to church on Friday night, and um, I don't remember why precisely, but 
uh, um, being 12, Jeremy doesn't really know his directions. And so he thought we were going west and we were going north. And um, so he's like, you know, talking about this stuff. And I was like, well, no, like we're going north. And he's like, no, because blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, we're going north. And uh, I, and he's like, what? And, the, and I'm like, well, see, there's a little compass here on my dashboard. It's got an N on it. And uh, do you see that sign over there? It says north, 59. We're going north. And uh, and he was just like, dang it. But he, he finally listened to the answer. So, but I was kind of thought, okay, you know, I, I know the I know the right answer here. So it takes patience to uh, uh, to work someone through the coming to the wrong conclusion and then getting them to the right conclusion. Um, when I was a kid, I had this math teacher that. Um, well, in seventh grade, I had the worst math teacher in the world. He was the wrestling coach, and he uh, was barely cognizant of the fact that two plus two equals four. Uh, so, you know, try teaching a bunch of tweens pre-algebra. Um, and then uh, the next year, I had this really, really good algebra teacher for the first year of algebra, and she was uh, super patient. She would work you through all the problems. If you didn't get it, she would uh, she would go through it with everybody, and if you didn't, and she would actually ask you, now, do you, do you get it now? I still remember this one kid's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I see where I went wrong there. And she's like, she literally stopped and looked up at him and said, do you actually get it, or are you just saying that? And so, um, you know, of course, teaching requires a lot of patience, which she clearly had. Um, but... Um, but he talks about the, how the prophets are a great example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Because, of course, patience is the capacity to tolerate delays, trouble, or suffering without getting upset. Um, so, it's um, an interesting thing that happens when we, we want an answer or we, we want something to go away. I'm a very, as I said, impatient person. If you throw a problem at me to solve, um, it takes a while for any person, really, um, regardless of what they might tell you, for your brain to switch gears and, and like really become engaged with something. And I, mine is particularly slow at switching gears. Um, uh, my clutch will get stuck, and then I can't switch gears. And... Uh, um, if you've ever tried to put your car in fourth and you put it in second, that's kind of what happens to me when you try and get me to solve a problem. So anyway, um, I look for the like most easy, obvious. Well, what do you think we should do? Yeah, let's do that. Kind of. That's kind. Of, that's my approach to problem solving. Um, um, but uh, you know, we we do a lot of that at work. Lots of problem solving. I do lots of problem creating that then we have to solve. Um, and uh, Mike is very patient to work me around to, okay, well, we, but we actually have to have a real solution to this problem. So, um, uh, you know, how did you come up with that? What can we do to make this work? What did you tell these people? All this kind of stuff. And, and then I have to be patient 
and dig around in my brain and try and figure it out. And usually by then I've shredded it. So, yep. <laughs> Working on that. Working on it. That's, that's one of my goals this year is to get better at that. But anyway, all that aside, um, he talks about the prophets suffering affliction and having patience. And uh, when we suffer affliction, there's something about human nature that affliction is like, I want this to go away right now. And um, some people are more um, uh, laid back about it than others. Uh, me, I'm kind of a, uh, this is not the level of blessing I'm accustomed to. Like this is, um, this is rather unpleasant or inconvenient for me. So what can, you know, how long is this going to last? You know, and that's that's my approach to suffering affliction. And so, at least my knee-jerk response. So, so God works us around to real patience, which is, I know God has an answer for this, and I know God has a timetable for this, and um, that's the thing that we're going to be working with. Um, she's not here to defend herself. When I was dating Cynthia, her old brother told me that if you're going to marry my sister, you are going to have to be a patient man. <laughs> like because she does not get in a hurry. She has one speed. And uh, um, I found out that was true. And um, I had a great lesson in patience that I still remember quite well. When uh, it was just the two of us, we didn't have kids. And we're you know, out the door. Far as I would have swore she was right behind me. And I get out to the car. I start the car. I'm sitting there staring at the door like, what is she doing? And uh, um, I was quite impatient when I was in my 20s. Like I, I, I'm like a statue now compared to the way I was in my 20s. But uh, um, after, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, I got the radio on. It's like I've listened to an entire song and she still has not come out yet. So I honked the horn. That was a mistake. <laughs> and I suffered affliction. <laughs> because I'll be darned if she didn't materialize on the front porch. And I think she could probably see her own nostrils. You know? And uh, I have not done that since. But, you know, and then years go by. And, of course, she's worked on it. She's gotten a lot better. But um, then we have kids. And all of you who have kids know how much fun it is to try and get anywhere on time with a bunch of kids. It's like herding, <laughs> it's like herding kittens or pushing wet noodles across a table. Or you know, trying to pick up something that's razor thin off the ground when you don't have fingernails. It's like... <sighs> so you have to be... Patient, yes. And so, you know, to go back to the gym example, I'm still not as patient as I would like to be, but I have, 
I have gone through like the Gold's Gym CrossFit thing of learning to be patient. Every Sunday morning, it's like it's like we go to church every week. It's like you know what time we're leaving. It's like you know what my expectations are. So this morning was easy because I was the only one coming to church today. So um, I just kind of got up and got around on my own. But uh, so incidentally, appreciate prayer for Levi. I know that uh, uh, I know that God has has really touched him, and uh, um, and of course the moment that I began to publish that great work that God had done in his life, naturally the enemy wanted to fight with it, and so we are dealing with patience at our house, waiting for this thing to go away. And he finally seemed to be kind of turning a corner, and then he seems to have picked up that stomach bug that's going around. So, yep. And then, of course, Zoe is still um, recovering from her uh, her dental surgery, and uh, I'm going to the old folks' home today, so Jeremy decided to stay home too. But uh, So they're all gearing up to go watch the superb owl over at uh, Mike and Sarah's later. So, um, can you tell I was playing a, a word search game at the airport on my phone? Like, what else could you make with Super Bowl? But anyway, you all know me too well. It's like everybody starts laughing, and then I almost lose it. All right. Um, so. So suffering, affliction, and and of patience it really does build patience because there's something about going through something that you cannot change or waiting on something that you cannot hurry, like your, your wife or your children. <laughs> like, have you thought about getting up earlier, honey? Have you, have you thought about changing or picking your outfit the night before? Well, yeah, but then I don't want to wear it in the morning. I want something else. Okay. I, I guess I could see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so here's where I really wanted to get to. All the rest of that was free. This was the scripture that was kind of rolling around in my brain like a marble in a shoebox all week. As he says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So, endurance is a great word. That goes right along with patience, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> because, uh, and, and this word, enduring, it literally means to remain, endure, to abide. So, um, the, these words just go hand in hand. You, you, you know, patient endurance is, um, is kind of a... Um, a redundant statement. Oh, well, maybe not. I mean, you could endure things impatiently. Um, and uh, as, as you probably gathered by everything that I just said, I do. But, um, but that is how we build patience. But he says you've heard of the patience of Job. And, uh, you know, I've always heard people talk about that. You know, it's like, oh, that guy, he's got the patience of Job. You know, it's like, okay, well... I don't know. You don't get the idea of reading Job that he's super patient necessarily. 
Like he wants an answer like now, as, as we all would going through the things that he went through. Like if you're ever feeling really low about where your life is at or some situation that's going on in your life, go read Job. It's like, oh, gosh, that's awful. Everything that happened to him just kind of makes me break out into a sweat just thinking about it, you know? So, you know, this is this literally is the word patience, but I don't think you do any violence to this verse to say you've heard of the endurance of Job or the steadfastness of Job. Because uh, for all of his um, desperate musings, you know, he's like, oh, if only I could find him. I wish I could talk to God face to face. I wish I could see him. I wish I could find him. I wish I'd never been born. I wish I was dead. And all of that stuff that he says, um, which is not exactly in line with the, the fancy Christian plastic mask we all like to to, to wear. Um, uh he that uh, God's assessment of him was that that he said the right thing about him because he told Job's friends he's, that uh, you've not spoken the the right thing about me like my servant Job has. So, um, uh, the thing about Job was that he was in a situation where he could not change it. There was nothing he could do to reverse. The things that had happened to his children, that had happened to his uh, all of his his wealth and resources, and I'm, I'm sure he could have cared less about his wealth and resources if he could have just had his children still, um, because you can replace stuff, of course. And uh, um, but he says here that you've you've heard of the patience of Job, the endurance or steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the end of the Lord. Um, this is kind of one of those deals where we don't really use end like this a whole lot anymore in modern English. This is like the purpose or the aim, the the, the end goal. You know, like maybe like some like fancy spy movie they might call it end game or something. You know, but it's like, um, and that's the thing that really does build patience in us as we go through whatever it might be. Because um, we we find out that God really does have an aim or a purpose, an end result for the things that we deal with. Just like you know, to go back to Jeremiah, he said, you know, it's it's you know, everybody thinks, oh, Jeremiah, it's all you know, depression, depressing and, and awful and and stuff because Israel's going the wrong way and all this stuff. But some of the most hopeful stuff that you can find in the Bible is interspersed through the book of Jeremiah. And you probably have a coffee mug or a journal or something at home that says, I know the plans that I have for you and you know, for good, not for evil, to prosper you and you know, to bring you to an expected end. So it's like God has this end result in mind for you and me, regardless of whether you're going through some fiery trial or um, just the malaise of just the succession of days. Mm-hmm. It, God has a purpose and He has an end for 
the things that he's doing in your life. Yeah. And part of it, it really is that building patience. There's probably more. He's probably got something specific that he's doing to you or taking out of you or uh, whatever the case may be. And um, uh, along the way, God develops that patience in us. And um, <clears throat> the, the funny thing about patience, if I could go back to the, the fitness thing again, is it's like there are no shortcuts to getting patience. Um, you just kind of have to slog your way through it to get there. Some people are just naturally tolerant of things. And they're like, eh, no big deal, whatever. You probably know somebody like that, that they have ice water in their veins and they never get upset about anything. Um, I always wanted to be like that. you know. And I remember, you know, I, I look back. like I'm an old man now. I was, and, uh, not old, but older than I was. And now I'm older than I was again. Now I'm older than I was before you started laughing. No, um, the thing is, is I can look back at my life and think, wow, there's really no substitute for time, for life experience. Uh, you know, because if you you know you look at someone that's that's older and wiser and more experienced and probably more patient than you, uh, it's easy to be discouraged that you're not that patient, that you're not that wise, that you're not that experienced at life. You can't be as experienced as somebody that's 50 if you're 20. You just can't. Um, so there's you know life experience. Is, is what we're talking about. Those things that we go through, good, bad, or indifferent, are things that build experience in us, and that experience is part of what builds patience. You know, that's what God said in uh, Romans 5. That, you know, patience builds experience, experience builds hope. Hope makes not ashamed. So, and that's the, the one of the great things about patience is that when you have an example, um, then... Uh, and you have this testimony, you know that God's going to come through for you again. Uh, and just like he says here in verse 11, he says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. It's like we we love other people's testimonies. Like I, I love other people's testimonies of these gut-wrenching, awful things that they went through that, that was like the death crawl from facing the giants, you know. It's like, it was awful. It was, there I was, you know. And... You know, and they're showing you their scars around the campfire and stuff, you know. Um, and it's like, man, that's my God coming through for you like that. That's awesome, you know. And then um, it's not, you know, we can't, we're like, man, you're so blessed. What a blessing. That, and it's like, I didn't, didn't feel blessed at the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and so, we, but we all have those things. So it's like we do count other people blessed when they've, and that's actually what this word happy means. Blessed to have endured. And uh, because when you read the book of Job, you go back and nobody would say, sign me up for what Job went through. That sounds awesome. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you know you're, you really don't like your family or something, but <laughs> I don't know. You know, 
children will teach you patience like nothing else. I, uh, I, I thought that I had really become pretty patient from my teenage years up to my, my late 20s when I started having children, and then I found out that I had just kind of buried it all, buried all of my irritability and impatience, and kind of Cynthia and I had reached this, like, status quo place, and I had children, and uh, tried my patience greatly, and... And then having multiple kids was something new for me because I grew up alone, an only child. And uh, my dad always wanted to have more kids, but my mom didn't. And I often thought that it's a good thing that I didn't have brothers and sisters because I think my dad might have eaten some of us. (laughs) And I looked at my own children and thought, there are some animals that eat their young. You know? (laughs) But then I remember that that God has a purpose and He's building patience in me, and that He's very pitiful and of tender mercy. And that's what that's something else that He builds in us going through those things. Because if if you've never been through something tough, unlikely, it's hard to really uh, have any sort of sympathy or uh, pity for somebody who's going through something tough, or if you just you have no idea what it would like to be going through what they're going through. Maybe their their difficult thing is is nothing like your difficult things. Um, But the great thing is is that God is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He has has pity on us and and we we forget that sometimes. We we feel like God is is over there throwing down his clipboard and saying, suck it up, buttercup. And sometimes he is. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes he does that. Um, I don't know, I, I always, there, there are times I, I, like I can see God on the sidelines like throwing his hat down and be like, come on. But at the same time, he, he also he gets the things that we're going through. The Bible says that, that uh, you know, we, we don't have a high priest that's not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He, he gets the things that you're dealing with. And he gets how difficult it is for you to go through something. Something that might be really tough for you is no big deal for somebody else. Yeah. And and he gets that and um, and so he knows how to work with you from that place. So so endurance then, patience is a is a really really great thing. And for all of my impatience I could look back at my life and think, Wow, I'm way more patient than I was in my twenties. Way, way easier to be around and live with and be friends with, I suppose. I hope. And uh, um, so some of that, there's just no substitute for time and experience. But it's going through those things with God that, that he really, uh, you know, what, because when you feel like I, my patience has completely, utterly run out and I'm going to blow up if this thing doesn't change now, that's when you can go back to him. And, and just bring that to him because God knows how to strengthen you and, and, and really establish your heart in him and on his word. And, um, and he'll, you know, he'll rub your shoulders, let you spit in the bucket, and he's like, ah, this is all right. You can, you can keep going. This is no big deal. And, uh, and so that, that's, that's what he does. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. We, we thank you for how you, you do these things in us, God, and that, um, uh, that your your tender mercy and patience 
and, and pity uh, brings us through the issues that we deal with, uh, and that you build patience in us, God. Um, God, I know you'd like to change things in our life and just have us be happy, God, but I know that you also know the benefit of, of dealing with difficult things and, and that the, the wisdom and the experience that it brings us and how it brings glory to you. God, so often uh, we lose sight of the fact that that you want to be seen in our life, that you want to, to glorify your name in doing things in our life that we could never do. God, and I just, uh, I'm inviting you to do that in me, God, that, that the world would see you in me, really see you coming through for me in ways that I could never do on my own. And God, I just, I, I pray today that you would just touch the service uh, with your presence. God, that you would, uh, be pleased to meet with us in this place, God. That that our sense of expectation of receiving from you, God, would would be elevated, God. That we would come with something specific that we want from you, and if we don't, if we can't think of something specific, God, you know what it is that we need, and you can prompt us, and you can bring it to us. And God, we just we want you to do what you do. We want you to have perfect preeminence in this place, God. That our our thoughts and our focus would be entirely on you in this time. God, that we would worship you in the beauty of holiness. God, and that your presence would magnify your name in this place today. God, that your word would, would minister to our souls God, and, and bring that increase that only your spirit can do. God, we pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.